At the time I first realized I might be fictional, my weekdays were spent at a publicly funded institution on the north side of Indianapolis called White River High School, where I was required to eat lunch at a particular time, between 12.37 and 1.14pm, by forces so much larger than myself that I couldn't even begin to identify them. If those forces had given me a different lunch period, or if the table mates who helped author, who helped author my fate had chosen a different topic of conversation that September day, I would have met a different end or at least a different middle. But I was learning, I was beginning to learn that your life is a story told about you, not one that you tell. Of course you pretend to be the author. You have to. You think, I know, chose to go to lunch, when that monotone beat rings on, from on high at 12.37. But really, the bill decides. You think you're a painter, but you're on the, but you're the canvas. Hundreds of voices were shouting over one another in the cafeteria, so that the conversation became mere sound. <laughs> I'm gonna read that over again. Um, hundreds of voices were shouting over one another in the cafeteria so that the conversation became mere sound. The rushing of a river ro over rocks. And as I sat beneath fluorescent cylinders spewing aggressively artificial light, I thought about how we all believed ourselves to be the hero of some personal epic, when in fact we are basically identical organisms, colorizing a vast and windowless room that smelled of Lysol and lard. <laughs> I was eating a peanut butter and honey sandwich and drinking a soda. To be honest, I find the whole process of masticating plants and animals of killing plants and animals and then shoving them down my esophagus kind of disgusting so i was trying to think about the fact that i was eating which is a form of thinking about it across the table from me mitchell turner was scribbling in a yellow paper notebook our lunch table was like a long running play on broadway the cast changed over the years but the rules never did my goal was the artsy one he was talking with Daisy Ramirez, who played the role of my best friend and the most fearless friend since elementary school, but I couldn't follow their conversation over the noise of all the others. What was my part in the play? The sidekick. Daisy's friend, or Mrs. Holmes, or Miss Holmes' daughter. I was somebody's something. I felt my stomach begin to work on the sandwich, and even over everybody's talking, I could hear it digesting. All the bacteria chewing the slime of the peanut butter, the students inside of me eating at my internal cafeteria, a shiver convulsed through me. Did you, didn't you go to camp with him? Daisy asked me. With who? Davis Pickett, she said. Yeah. Why? I said. Aren't you listening? Daisy asked. I am listening, I thought, to the cacophony of my digestive tract. Of course, I'd, kn I'd long known that I was playing a host, playing host to a massive collection of parasitic organisms, but I didn't much like being reminded of it. By cell count, humans are approximately 50% microbial, meaning that about half of the plants that make you up are not yours at all, or half of the cells that make you up are not yours at all. There are something like a thousand times more microbes living in my particular biome than there are human beings on Earth. And often it seems like I can feel 
them living and breeding and dying in and on me. I wiped my sweaty palms on my jeans as I tried to control my breathing. Admittedly, I have some anxiety problems, but I would argue that it isn't rational to be concerned about the fact that you are a skin-encased microbacterial colony. I'll read that over again. Admittedly, I have some anxiety problems. Me too, Carly. But I would argue that it isn't irrational to be concerned about the fact that you are a skin-encased bacterial colony. Michael said his dad was about to be arrested for for bribery or something, but that night before the raid, he disappeared. There's a $100,000 reward out for him. Yeah, and you know this, and you know this kid, Daisy said. Knew him, I answered. I watched Daisy attack her school-provided rectangular pizza and green beans with a fork. She kept glancing up at me, her eyes widening, as if to say, Well? I could tell she wanted me to ask her about something, but I couldn't tell what, because my stomach wouldn't shut up, which was forcing me forcing me deep inside a worry that I'd somehow contracted a parasitic infection. I could half hear Michael telling Daisy about his new art project in which he was using Photoshop to average the faces of a hundred people together, of a hundred people named Michael, and the average of their faces would be this new one, 101st Michael, which was an interesting idea, and I wanted to listen, but the cafeteria was so loud, and I couldn't stop wondering whether there was something wrong with the microbial balance of power inside of me. Excessive abdominal abdominal noise isn't isn't common. It's as uncommon. Oh my gosh. Excessive abdominal ab- <laughs> excessive abdominal noise is as is as uncommon. Oh my god. I'm really struggling. I'm so sorry. Oh gosh. Okay. Excessive abdominal noise is an uncommon but not unprecedented presenting a presenting a symptom of infection with the bacteria Clostridium difficile, difficile, which can be fatal. I pulled out my phone and searched human microbiome to reread Wikipedia's introduction to the one, to the trillions of microorganisms currently currently inside of me. I clicked over to the article about C diff. Scrolling to the part where, about how most C. diff infections occur in hospitals, I scrolled down farther to a list of symptoms, none of which I had, except for excessive abdominal noises. Although I knew from previous searches that the Cleveland Clinic had reported case, a case of one person who died of C. diff. some guttural noise. Anyways. I scrolled down further to a list of symptoms, none of which I had, except for excessive abdominal noises. Although I already knew this from previous searches that the Cleveland... Oh my god, I'm really struggling. I scrolled down further to a list of symptoms, none of which I had, except for excessive abdominal noises, although I knew from previous searches that the Cleveland Clinic 
had reported the case of one person who died of C. diff after presenting at the hospital with only abdominal pain and a fever. I reminded myself that I didn't have a fever, and myself replied, you don't have a fever. Yet. <laughs> at the cafeteria, where a shrinking slice of my consciousness still resided, Daisy was telling Michael that his averaging project shouldn't be about people named Michael, but about imprisoned men who'd later been exonerated. It'll be easier anyway, because they all have mugshots taken from the same angle, and it's not just about names and race and class and massacre. It's not about names, but about race, class, and mass incarceration. And Michael was like, you're a genius, Daisy. And she said, you sound surprised. <laughs> and meanwhile, I was thinking that if half the cells inside of me, inside of you, are not you, doesn't that change the whole notion of me as a singular pronoun, let alone the, the author of my fate? And I felt pretty far down the reclusive wormhole that is trans that has that is that it transported me completely out of the White River High School cafeteria into some nonsensorial place only pro only properly crazy people get to visit. Ever since I was little, I've pressed my right thumbnail into the finger pad of my middle finger. So now there's a weird callus over my fingerprint. After so many years of doing this, I can open a crack in the skin really easily. So I cover it up with a band-aid and try to prevent infection. But sometimes I get worried that there already is an infection, so I need to drain it. And the only way to do that is to reopen the wound and press out the blood that will come. Once I start thinking about splitting my skin apart, I literally cannot do it. I apologize for the double negative, but it's really a double negative of a situation. A bind from which negotiating the negotiate the negotiation is truly the only escape. So anyway, I started to want to feel my thumbnail biting into the skin of my finger pad, and I knew that the resistance was more or less futile. So beneath the cafeteria table, I slipped a bandaid off my finger and dug my thumbnail into the callous skin until I felt it crack open. Holmesy, Daisy said. I looked up at her. We're almost through lunch and you haven't even mentioned my hair. She shook her she shook out her hair with so red that they were pink highlights. Right, she dyed her hair. I swam up out of the depths and said, It's bold. I know, right? It says Ladies and gentlemen and also people who do not identify as ladies or gentlemen, these Ramirez will not won't break her promises, but she will break your heart. Daisy's self proclaimed motto was break hearts, not promises. She kept threatening to get it tattooed on her ankle when she turned 18. Daisy turned back to Michael and I into my and I to my thoughts. The stomach grumbling had grown, if not anything, louder. I felt I might vomit. For some reason, for someone who actively dislikes bodily fluids, I throw up quite a lot. Holmesy, are you okay? Daisy asked. I nodded. Sometimes I wondered why she liked me, or at least tolerated me. Why any of them did. Even I found myself annoyed. I could feel sweat spreading from my forehead, and once I began to sweat, it was impossible to stop. I will keep sweating for hours, and not just my face or my armpits. My neck sweat, my boobs sweat, my calves sweat. Maybe I do have a fever. Beneath the table, 
I slid the old band-aid into my pocket, and without looking, pulled out a new one, unwrapped it, and glanced down to apply it to my finger. All the while, I was breathing in through my nose and out through my mouth, in the manner advised by Dr. Karen Singh, exhaling at a pace that would make a candle flicker but not go out, matching that candle. But not go out. Imagine that candle is a flickering from your breath, but still there, always there. So I tried that, but the thought, but the thought spir- spiral kept tightening. Anyways, I could hear Doctor Singh say I shouldn't get out my phone, that I mustn't look up the qu- same questions over and over. But I got it out anyway, and reread the human microtobia, microbiota. Biota. My girl Biota Wikipedia article. <sighs> the thing about a spiral is, if you follow it inward, it never actually ends. It just keeps tightening infinitely. I sewed the Ziploc bag around the last quarter of my sandwich, got up and tossed it into an overfilled trash can. I heard a voice behind me. How concerned should, you, should I be that you haven't said more than two words in a row all day? thought spiral i mumbled in reply daisy had known me since we were sick six long enough to get it i figured sorry man let's hang out today this girl molly walked up to us smiling and said oh daisy just fyi your kool-aid your kool-aid dye job is staining your shirt daisy looked down at her shoulders and indeed her striped type her striped striped top had turned pink in spots she flinched for a second, then straightened her spine. Yeah, it's a part of the new look, Molly. Stain's shirt, stains, stained shirts are huge in Paris right now. She turned away from Molly and said, Right, so we'll go to your house and watch Star Wars Rebels. It slaps. Daisy was really into Star Wars, not just the movies, but also the books and animated shows and the kids' show where they all made up, where they were all made out of Lego. Like she, like she wrote a fan fiction about Chewbacca's love life, and will improve your method until you are able to say three or four words without a row. Sound good? And then you can take me to work. Sorry, but I need to ride. Okay, I wanted to say more, but the thoughts kept coming, unbidden and unwanted. If I'd been, if I'd been the author, I would have stopped thinking about the microbiome about my microbiome. I would have told Daisy how much I liked her idea of Michael's art project, and I would have told her that I did remember Davis Pickett, that I remembered being 11 and carrying a vague and constant fear. I would have told her that I remembered once at a camp lying near next to Davis on the edge of a dock, our legs tangling over our backs against the rough-hewn blanks of wood staring together up at the clouds, at the cloudless summer sky. I would have told her that Davis and I never really talked much or even looked at each other, but it didn't matter because we were looking at the same sky together, which may be more intimate than eye contact anyway. Anybody can look at you, but it's rare to find someone that sees the same world you see. That's the end.